Welcome back to the Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi. I am so happy to be introducing this week's guest, the wonderful Jason Vale. Jason, also known as The Juice Master, is the best-selling author of over a dozen books on health, addiction, and juicing, and is the founder of my favorite juice retreat, Juicy Oasis. Jason has had such a huge impact on my own personal journey, teaching me so much about addiction, helping me to quit smoking with his free app, and inspiring me in more ways than even he knows. I haven't seen him since the last time I was at his retreat, so I'm genuinely so happy to get this time with him today to find out about his three defining moments. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And that is a beautiful, thank you. So that is a beautiful intro. Right and it's out wonderful the tube to see this you. morning. Yeah, that is, a, that is a wonderful intro. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, it's good to see you as well. It's been a long time. You've got a little. You've got a little one now. And so do you. Yeah, I know. Who knew? A lot has changed. A l- hell of a lot has changed. And they, they tend to change you, don't they? Yes. The little oh ones. Oh my God, so much. I, I think the last time I saw you, I was on your your little speedboat. Yeah, the Mr. Beaumont. It's called the Mr. Beaumont after friends, if everybody's listening, wondering why I called it the Mr. Beaumont. But anyway. (laughs) And you said something really great to me about, I was talking about addiction and taking drugs and constant hangovers. And you said to me, there were only so many Saturdays in a year. Well, I I said a lot. Yeah, you said a lot. And you you really made me understand that how much time I was wasting on hangovers. I think I was saying there were only so many. It's either uh, Sundays or Saturdays, I normally say. So if you are heavy on any kind of substance, whether it's, you know, it's Coke or whether it's alcohol or anything else, but essentially you are then recovering. You're in recovery mode for half of the next day. So just imagine you miss half of all day Saturday and you miss half of all day Sunday. So then you've missed a day. So you don't think it's much, but actually these are precious days too. These aren't Monday to Friday days. These are weekend days. And then essentially you only get 52 of those in a year. And if you've lost one of those as it is, then you start adding that up and you think life in itself, I always think of life as a 90-year holiday. So I said the first five years you're dribbling, the last five years you're dribbling, right? And let's not take the whole thing too seriously. But at the same time, we need to understand that there, like whatever today's date is that we're recording this, we'll only see this maybe 80, 90 times in our life. It's quite a precious day, but we don't see it that way. So if we then lose a weekend day, which is what I was trying to explain on the on the boat when you were saying mm. that you felt like crap and this is how many days you're losing. And you think life's so short that can you afford to lose those days? And for what? I think that's the thing. Yeah. And what's the trade-off? 
Yeah. That's what I was saying. Anyway. It was. It was stuck with me. And I, I actually was, I was talking to Wade about you the other day and I was saying that you just told me this. Let me try to work out how many days I think I lost. And I think I was on an average on a year because of a come down from taking coke, obviously, is not just one day. It's about two or three where you're sluggish, you're lethargic, you feel down. Wow. So I was thinking actually it was from like a, at least I'd say a hundred days a year. That's like a third of a year lost. Third of your life. And then and then No uh, wonder I'm so productive now. I was gonna say, yeah, now you're on the productive line as well. Well, you, well just before we start recording, days. because I haven't seen you since you was at the retreat last time. And it was just so lovely to hear that that you've kicked everything and and now your focus is is yeah. completely self help and work and, and mum yeah work nice. yeah work your mum five a.m. up doing yeah. stuff productive well if he wakes up at four forty five it's not funny four forty five four forty five a.m. oh my god it's killing four, me. you should never see two fours in a day yeah. when it comes to a clock <laughs> that's my theory no matter how productive you are yeah you tell him that right I, I'm actually going to struggle to keep on topic with you I can read it already because I could just talk to you about everything okay so let's kick off with what is your first defining moment defining moment obviously when it comes to health people th- assume of course because i used to smoke 40 60 cigarettes a day i ate nothing but junk i mean people exaggerate would say that's an exaggeration but it wasn't at all i ate nothing but junk i, I wouldn't eat anything that was green unless it was a slush puppy that's been dyed you know one of those drinks or whatever um but and i was also overweight covered in a skin disease um i was badly asthmatic um and people said, did you wake up one day? So that defining that sliding doors moment did something. And it wasn't. There was, a, there was a period of things that happened. So smoking was my nemesis. So, And there'd be a lot of people listening these days that will say they don't smoke. They vape, for argument's sake. That's still nicotine addiction. So if you are listening to this and you vape, you smoke. You, you, it's nicotine addiction, one and the same. So 40, 60 cigarettes a day. Um, and it was my nemesis. I hated it. And uh, people say well you must like it because you continue to do it but addiction transcends logic and intelligence it transcends it it's got nothing to do with it and so I would get frustrated at not being able to stop smoking because I went about it in a logical way and you can't go about addiction in a logical way because it is in its essence illogical so you can't do it the logical way to do it of course is people say well why don't you run through a list of all the reasons why you should stop? That seems logical, but actually that doesn't work um, because all smokers know why they should stop. Anybody who's taking Coke knows why they should stop taking Coke. Every, everybody who's overweight knows that if they eat more fruits and vegetables and did more exercise, they would be slimmer and healthier. You become part of the state, the friggin' obvious brigade, is what I would say. And so I was annoyed that I couldn't personally stop smoking and others can. And then I read this book that explained that the need for a cigarette is only caused by the previous cigarette. Something simple as that. That I would say is a defining moment. When you realize that the pleasure that you think you get from smoking a cigarette isn't genuine pleasure, but it's the ending of the aggravation that the previous cigarette had created that non-smokers don't have. So the very simple premise was the only reason why anybody actually smokes or vapes is to feel like a non-smoker or non-vapor already feels in the same situation. Now that was a defining moment. Stop smoking that day right done and that was from 40 60 cigarettes a day what withdrawal did i have none i mean nicotine leaves the body in three days and that's what it there's hardly any anyway i was just so excited then i thought i could be excited about stopping this this is quite remarkable really but was i still drinking yes was i still eating rubbish yes was i still so it wasn't an epiphany one day there was a gradual process same with juicing there, there came a point where I was covered from head to foot in a skin disease called psoriasis and I also had eczema as well and I knew 
that I needed to do something with my health. But again, I didn't like vegetables. So I wasn't stupid. I mean, I don't know why people think that because somebody's thick physically, so they say overweight, I say thick physically, it doesn't mean they're thick mentally. They are aware of what they should be doing, but there's an addiction side that, that comes in. So I thought, if I can't eat vegetables, can I drink them? Now, juicing wasn't big at all. No one's really juicing. No one even talked about juicing. This was a long time ago. This was like over two decades ago. So I thought I need to get some of this green stuff in. So I started, and I think the defining moment to me was an apple juice. So you talk about defining moment in terms of becoming the juice guy, essentially, or whatever, was an apple juice. And I just remember following this guy, Dr. Norman Walker, the late, great Dr. Norman Walker, who died peacefully in his sleep at the age of 109, and he was working up until the day that he died. And this guy was a huge juice advocate, massive, and salads and so on. He said, juice celery, cucumber and spinach so I juiced those three things and and there was the first my first ever juice and it, it was the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted now I'm not joking it was the most it was awful and I looked in the fridge to see if there's anything in the fridge that I could and I was at my mum's house and I was like what what can I what can I put in this and there was nothing there there was no and, and I saw some apples so I juiced some apples and I tasted for the first time ever freshly extracted apple juice now back in the day it was only carton juices they didn't exist you can just mm. go into a shop in London or whatever the case is and get wheatgrass none of this existed in a time I tasted the apple juice it was the, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever tasted and then I poured some of the green stuff into the apple juice and I realised that I could drink vegetables providing it's mixed with a bit of freshly extracted apple juice it, unless I did that that day then we wouldn't be here having this conversation. So you talk about sliding door moment. There is no question. And then from that, I then, I juiced for three months. I went in and then my asthma, well, it didn't just get better. It went. I'm not saying it's a cure for asthma. Anybody, I'm not saying that at all. Any doctors listening, not at all. For me personally, I was really blessed. My asthma went. My psoriasis went after nine months. I, I'd already stopped smoking at that point and then uh, then I stopped drinking and then I saw and all of a sudden I just wanted to furnish my body and there's no question during that I then became so 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 productive so that would that was the defining but the apple juice I would say was no question and the realization that addiction transcends logic and intelligence those two things I say would w w are, are the defining moments in terms of everything that has been achieved now like what were your friends saying at this point because I've spoken to you before and I know a bit about but you at this time you were not the kind of cliche of a like healthy juicer right you were no. the complete opposite the world you were in was totally different so you were very much on your own journey with this I was in South East London Peckham before it became gentrified um, and and, <laughs> and uh, yeah it was a I mean we were painting and decorating that's what I did for a living I was a, I was a butcher I was a tire fitter I was I d in Cold Arbor Lane in Brixton I'd, I'd, I left school at 15 I have no education formal education at all you know I didn't go to university didn't do anything and it was I worked down the markets. I did all of that kind of stuff. So I was far from it. So the very second I, I remember bringing, oh, the first wide funnel juicer that came out was by Breville. And I remember putting an apple in and getting disproportionately excited. And I got my friends around and said, you've got to see this machine that's just come out. This is unbelievable. And I remember them going, what are you talking about, Jace? Uh, have you lost the plot? And of course, because, and look, I would go to a place like TGI Fridays, which we would consider a restaurant. <laughs> No, honestly, listen, you've got to understand where I'm from. TGI Fridays was a restaurant. You need to understand. Different right. worlds we're from, Roxy. Right? So so that was that was a restaurant. And when 
I was there, once I changed, I became so obsessed with the food. I went from the sublime to the ridiculous. So now I'm obsessed. I would be in a TGI Friday with all my mates, they're all drinking, all that, and I would ask the person serving us, where was the lettuce grown? No. I mean, what a knobhead. <laughs> I, I wouldn't hang around with me now. Because I became wheat-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, gluten-free, friends-free, and personality-free. Right. And that's what happens when you when you cut out all of Welcome that. Welcome to my life. That's what, <laughs> no, but that's what happens after seven years. People were going, do we invite Jace anywhere? He's lobbied. Like this guy, like he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't do this, does it? And he, but not only that, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd become this almost oh why are you do it you know I, I wasn't quiet about it i was kind of evangelical about it right. which isn't the right way to, yeah to, to, to how long it. how long from your first juice to becoming a sort of like extremist what, do you know what it's funny because it wasn't long <laughs> i tell you why it wasn't long because i had I, I went to this seminar in the states and this guy called joel robbins at the time and he I, you know you meet somebody at the end of giving a talk and he, uh, and I said I'm covered in psoriasis he went you need to juice so I said well I, you know I've just got into it like that he said oh you need to use carrots he said okay how long for three months and that was it and he's on to the next person so I didn't hear anything else so I, <laughs> I genuinely juiced carrots I had nothing but carrot juice for three months I'm not even, anybody listening never ever do this it's insane do never do it I did juicing for three months to get rid of my psoriasis it didn't get rid of my psoriasis clearly because I know now what to do to get rid of psoriasis of course it didn't it it couldn't touch I didn't have the essential fats the zinc the selenium didn't have all that kind of stuff all I did was go really thin and orange (laughs) I just thought first I thought the colour of you I went orange I went I went really orange. Adele went in orange. God rest his soul. But I went, I went, I went, I mean, literally orange. So I thought, I've got to find out more about this. And so I did, obviously. And then, but I, because everything else improved, the asthma started to improve and this, that, and the others, I got into it. It didn't take long. And the only reason, what well, can I just, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's your podcast. I mean, I'm, we're, we're allowed to swear a little bit if it's yeah, if it's yeah, justified. Um, and the reason why it's Basically just, anytime. Anytime, okay, anytime. <laughs> because... The reason why I called the Juice Master, right, aka the Juice, because I just want to clear this up on your podcast. Yes. I never called myself the Juice Master. Right? I just want to be clear here. Yeah. Right? I didn't wake up one day and go, I am the master of the Juice. I, I mean, how pathetic. I don't even like the expression. I honestly don't. I know I'm known as the Juice Master, but it's really ridiculous, isn't it? Let's all have our honest heads on, right? Um, but it's because of film Pulp Fiction years ago. So Samuel L. Jackson was they're talking about foot massages and uh, John Travolta said to him in the film and there's characters are you any good at giving foot massages and he said I'm the foot fucking master now all my we watched this film so many times me and my friends that everybody became the something fucking master so so <laughs> so the plumber John the plumber was John the plumbing fucking master <laughs> and Bobby the butcher fucking master so when I started juicing like mad those carrots those three months of nothing then my friends just went hey it's Jason the juice fucking master and for some reason the publishers when I first wrote a book um I mean, I couldn't believe the book. I wrote a book and they published it immediately. I mean, that's another mind-blowing thing. I still, to this day, you talk about defining, well, actually, moments that defined you. Actually, that's the, I talk about the apple juice, which clearly led me then to juicing, led me then, obviously, to uh, feeling so much better, weight gone, feeling, which then led me, obviously, to write mm. a book, which I did, obviously, when I was 30. Um, and I had nothing, at th- I was still painting and decorating. Imagine, that, I'm 30 years old, still painting and decorating, and I write this book on addiction, really, sugar addiction, mm. really. But at the end of it, there was a little bit about juicing. And the publisher said, oh, I hear you're called like the juice master. Can we use that? And I was like, if you want, but I don't really like it. But anyway, so it ended up being called the juice master. But before I sent it in, anybody who's, 
listening thinks all right i i, I want to write a book or i want to make a movie or i want to which two things i've done which i can't believe we had an Od- literally premiere odin leicester square with a movie that i mean you still can't believe this right when you considering i only started at 30 when you really mm. think about this but when i wrote the book and everybody around me said you're writing a book now i'm heavily dyslexic i still barely read anything um I, I i find it very difficult to read stuff so for me to write a book was like what are you doing so i wrote this book and everybody around me what are you doing jace what are you writing a book mate? right and, and that was just my mum no i'm only joking she said, no, that was a joke she didn't speak like that at all and uh, and but i did say to my mum, my mum had a friend who was semi into publishing and I said, I'm writing a book. And even my mum, who's my biggest fan, right? Obviously, right? There's only me and her. No father, no brothers, no sister, no anything. Just me and her growing up. That was it. And when I said, I'm writing a book, she said, <laughs> she went, oh, really? <laughs> and now for her to say that, you go, oh, maybe this isn't my vocation <laughs> at all. And uh, so I finished writing the book. And it was like 700 pages. And it was just all nonsense, really. Um, but it was a passion in there. And if you write passionately about something. Um, but I sent it into HarperCollins. Because I asked this this publisher woman to have a look at it, this, who was into it. She read the first page and said, "This honestly, do you want an honest opinion?" So I said, "Yes." She had this is the worst thing I've ever read. <laughs> no, no, honestly, she said it's the worst thing I've ever read. Want the first page? She said because there's 35 exclamation marks <laughs> on on the one page. She said. That shows me you haven't got confidence in your writing. I said, I I've, fucking love an I, exclamation. Mark. I said, I've got no confidence in my writing. <laughs> So I've got no confidence whatsoever in my writing. Of course there's exclamation marks. Anyway, so then I, I said, she goes, you, need to, you can't just send it to a publisher. You need to, you, you, what you need to do, she goes, don't send the whole manuscript. Nobody sends the manuscript. She goes, what you need to do is do three chapters with a synopsis. And don't send it to the publisher, send it to an agent. She went, actually forget that, an agent will never take you. So I was like, this is brilliant. So I said, hang on, who, who sends in three chapters and synopsis? Should everybody. Now, I'm a big opinion of there's always another way. There's always another way. Do something completely different to everybody else doing it, and then th- then you can shine. So, like, if I want to get hold of a CEO of a company now, and I know they're a certain age, I'll send them a fax. Freaks them out, right? Because you know, everybody sends emails. All of a sudden, their fax machine gets turned on. They go, what the hell is that? You grab their attention immediately. You've got to find a different way. And I remember sending the whole manuscript into HarperCollins. Wanda Whiteley, you talk about a person. People change your life too. You know, it depends on if a manuscript lands on a desk and there's a certain... I'll never forget Wanda Whiteley. She worked... She's she's a beautiful woman. And and because she happened to be having a coffee that day, I mean, this is how random stuff is. Mm. I sent it on a Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon, posted it with my mum. I remember posting the manuscript saying, I'm, a, I'm either posting a load of ink on paper that will go nowhere and do nothing. Depending on how the ink has been placed could determine the rest of our lives and that and other people's and 26 hours later I get a call from HarperCollins 26 hours later 26 you'd send into the one of the biggest publishing houses in the world send it nowhere else send it to the health arm Thorson's you then get a call 26 hours later I mean, it's unheard of it's insane and, and I've sent in the whole manuscript and she and she and, and she goes it's Wanda Whiteley here from HarperCollins and I said hello and she goes we've got your manuscript here and I went oh my god I, I and I couldn't stop right and I said I know I shouldn't have sent the whole manuscript. Somebody told me that. I'm aware of that. But listen, if you just read it, you'll find that it's a little bit different than everything else you've ever read. She went, shut up. She said, you're on speakerphone. And I think she said, there's 12 people in the room. I swear, the, the, genuine, wow. and as we said, she said, and the reason why there's 12 people in the room, she said, I've been in publishing for 25 years. She said, and I have never, when it's come to food addiction and health, 
ever read anything like this in my life. She said, we're four chapters in, and I called everybody in. And, wow. she, and she said, can we sign you up today? Now, and I was trying to play it cool, and I just went, well, Random House are interested. But of course they weren't. I haven't sent it to anybody, <laughs> right? So, and then I went rollerblading. And I remember rollerblading around Dulwich Park at the time and saying hello to everybody. You know, you get, I was going, hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. and, and I just couldn't believe you thought it changed. But, now, but, but then that's when the work began, because I was lead title. What was, the, what was the name of that book? It was Slim for Life, now called Freedom from the Diet Trap. I wanted it to be called Freedom from the Diet Trap. Mm. Pure psychology book around food. Mm. And it was kind of saying everybody knows what to do don't treat them stupidly mm. it's not a diet plan in here this is us saying here's how to get out of addiction mm. this is not about dieting so she thought it was so refreshing she also found it very funny I, I just like bringing humour wherever I can into anything and the, mm. it was almost like a comic book but actually you can learn that's why she said we got to the end of the book because I spoke to her afterwards and she, she goes I read it in next to no time she goes because you write the way you speak she goes and I said well I can't write any other way because I've never learned to write yes. <laughs> and then they cleaned up the book a bit obviously they chopped it down from 700 pages to what it should be and it just did extremely well and then we ended up doing a juice book afterwards and I've written 16 books now I mean it's mad mm. when you think over all I've given your kick the drink to so many people that, well, I, I love that book do you know that was actually my first it's very dated now and that was my first I mean it does the job still which is mm. great but it is dated of course the references to some adverts like what's up you know and stuff like that you know what I mean I, I'm no longer relevant do you know what I mean I think, I think we've gone back from the Budweiser adverts a long time. oh my god they I were like, great though. they were good right <laughs> but there was a long time ago there'd be some people listening to this going what is he talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was my first ever book that I read. That was before the was food it? book. Yeah, yeah. But I, w I couldn't get that published because the, the, the society in the world wasn't ready to stop drinking for life. It was mm. called the original book was called Stop Drinking for Life, and 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 I remember saying, and it was like Stop Drinking for Life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, so it was one of those, and then yeah. kick the drink came on, on whatever the case is. So and 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 that continued. But addiction is is at the heart of uh, of everything that I do that's why I think it's different it's not mm. just the juice but people say oh well I've done other juice plans but that's not what we're talking about there's not a, an app that I produce or a book that I produce that doesn't have psychology at the beginning yeah. first I think that's why I've been so drawn to you um, and hearing I mean all your advice and like you say it is it, it, you do have such a humour to it but it is ultimately all about addiction all everything of this. if you break it down if somebody's struggling with their weight somebody's struggling with you can analyse it till the cows come home so you can say like when I was smoking 40, 60 cigarettes a day, there's two ways of looking at it. So you can go through a normal therapy approach way, which will last for the next 20 years, and you might not ever get out of it, which is, well, let's take a look at you growing up. Let's mm. take a look at this. And obviously on paper, I could use that excuse. I said, oh, one-parent family, um, abusive boyfriends my mom well, had. Yeah, it gives people an excuse to continue. It can do something. Well, the oh, point oh, is, sometimes. is that they're trying to analyze, and they're not even being, I don't believe that anybody who, who, who looks for that mm. is using an excuse. I think they're trying to make sense of why they do something. Yeah, yeah. And and logically, that's that's the way to do it. But the, the, as I said, the need for a cigarette is caused by a cigarette. Mm. I started smoking, not because I wanted to self-sabotage. I started smoking because John Travolta was in the film Grease. And that is the truth. And most people will follow somebody doing something. The first time you took cocaine, Roxy, mm. for argument's sake, it wasn't because you had a bad day at school. You think I've had a bad day at school, I need some coke. That's not what happened, right? You know, so it, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but it's actually you that made me realise I had an addiction. Uh, you said something about a banana 
And we were on, it was the first speech you said, and you said, if someone told you you could never have a banana again, would you give a fuck, basically? And it's like, no, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't have a banana again. Like, if they told you it was so bad for you and all of this. Um, but if someone tells you now you can never take coke again, what panic rises inside you? And that's how you know if you have an addiction. And I repeated that to so many people because in my circle of friends and, you know, there are so many people who I'm sure have addictions but who are just completely unaware of it and that for me was the simplest way of understanding that something had control over me I'm amazed you can remember that that's really because really that was a long time ago me, yeah. my definition of addiction and it is my personal definition so people start googling it or anything else they won't find it uh, but it's my per- but I it's hard to argue against and if you want to know if you are addicted to something or not because not everybody who eats chocolate is addicted to chocolate everybody who drinks alcohol is addicted to alcohol and so on and so forth so we need to f- define actually am i really addicted to it my my number one gauge is this if the thought of never doing it again fills you with an abnormal fear then you're hooked Mm. if it doesn't then you're not and that comes down to the banana analogy yeah in the sense that even though i love bananas Right, so people say, oh, I take coke because I love it, or I, t- I have smoking because I love it. Or I, but no, no, it's not about that. It's the, because people say, I want freedom of choice. Well, you cannot have freedom of choice without the freedom to also refuse. You cannot have freedom of choice without the freedom to also refuse. If you cannot have the freedom to refuse, then it's not your choice. So th- then therefore the choice has been taken from you. So I would, if the thought of not doing it again, so bananas, if somebody said bananas are the cause of your psoriasis, imagine I was covered in psoriasis like I used to be, and I've got asthma and everything else, and somebody said, bananas are the whole cause of it. Now, not only would I find it easy to stop eating bananas at that point, I'd be so happy it would be a joke. I would not, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't envy everybody, I wouldn't envy somebody, if you started eating bananas in front of me and said, <laughs> you can't have any, I'd, and the difference is this, is that, I, is that I can have a banana, but I don't see this is the thing when it comes down to a, a, a freedom mentality or or, or or what I call an addictive mentality or whatever is one is uh, or willpower is I want it but I can't have it to I can have it but I don't want it mm-hmm. not just as a mantra but a genuine like I can have whatever I want we're, human, we're all kind of hedonistic we all can do whatever we want kind of stuff what we need to shift is our want yeah. not anything else we just need to because C-A-N-T I call it C-A-N-T constant never ending tantrum mm. so if you say or oh, torture so if you say I can't have that that's, you're going to go through a tantrum if you can have it but you don't want it you can have coke whenever you want right? mm. of course you can. you can have it You can have it now if you want somebody coming hey let's go and get some coke in yeah. but you don't want to exactly so that, and if you see somebody else doing it you don't envy them if you're sorry for them yeah. when I stopped smoking I didn't envy if I see people smoking I don't envy them I feel sorry for them so if the thought of never do so listen so anybody listening to this now look if the thought you think well I'm not hooked on this well ask yourself a serious question and if you're listening to it with other people you probably won't be truthful to yourself but you but listen when you hit your head on the pillar tonight you'll ask yourself this serious question if if the thought of never doing it again fills you with fear, then I'm afraid you're hooked. That is what it is. And and people say, oh, well, alcohol, am I... With the thought of never doing it again, does that scare the life out of you? If it just kind of peeves you off a little bit, oh, be, I would be nice to have it. But okay, I can... That's not really... That's not a level. But if it freaks you the hell out, mm. then you know you. there's no question you're addicted. Yeah. that was. I think that could be one of my defining moments, probably, is hearing you say that. Yeah. What from when we from, were yeah we're from really retreat. acknowledging it because I think it, people don't really talk about addiction that much. Do you know what I mean? Like and like you said, I think you I, you hear a lot about um, dieting and juicing in other f- form, and you know and 
all this self-help stuff but addiction isn't off, often at the like core no it's not of at the it. core of it and I, do, and I don't but know why but actually it is at the core of so much sugar addiction is at the you core know. of most things and again you come down to that thing why do you think people struggle when they come off of certain foods mm. it's addiction now it's not so much physically this is a physical addiction but it's it's the thought of not being without what you perceive to be a friend crutch or pleasure that's all it is and if you look at relationships and uh, addiction they're one and the same thing I mean I could talk about this thing for hours right but the thing is is that if you have like my mum growing up there's only me and my mum when she was auditioning for a father for me she had a great sense of humor it would be fine right but but some of these guys would get past the audition process and and get the part essentially but they <laughs> but they lied at the audition it transpired um, and one and one and one of the because most people do lie at the audition and then you suddenly realize that actually I don't know you got the gig um, but he there was one particular person his name was uh, he won't remain nameless he's absolute arsehole his name was Ken, his, his name was Ken. Um, not beautiful Ken he works in our retreats not to be confused by those two uh, but this guy called Ken and this guy was such a lunatic and what I couldn't understand and, and, and this does tie back into addiction I'm not going off on a tangent for no reason but my mum would this guy would come into the house right and it's almost hard because I don't I've never, I don't think I've even chatted about this ever on 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 you know in public like this if you know what I mean but this guy would come in he'd pick me up by the skin I mean I was young he'd just bash me in the face this guy would slit his wrists and he'd pour blood over me and my mum this guy was a, when I say a lunatic he had a gun this guy was a lunatic we talk about an absolute fruitcake head to say the very least now my mum's a highly intelligent my mum was uh, sadly she's passed but she was a highly intelligent human to say the very least but what I didn't understand is that why didn't she just leave him right this was I didn't understand right somebody's abusing you the other way did you just go and this is the thing with addiction is that anybody who's addicted to anything especially when it comes down to cigarettes and it's so severe and it could kill you is that the thought of getting out is more fearful than the consequences of staying in mm. even though you so her getting out of there because what he'd done very cleverly is he'd got to her courage her confidence her self-respect so everybody on the outside can see it clean so why don't you just leave him but she is now attached so he's gradually slowly got rid of all her friends one by one because they're very clever mm. they're arseholes and they, I, if I see men like that I freaking hate them I mean, I, mean yeah. I can't tell you how much I hate them but they gradually just get rid of these so, so she's fully dependent now fully de- even though she doesn't know it she's now for her emotional needs she is now fully dependent on this this arsehole essentially but so the same thing that's knocking her down which is him is the same thing that's comforting her as well mm. so now her brain is completely confused in the same way with addiction so if you've got cigarettes for arguments that is knocking you down the bad breast stain teeth wheezing coughing lethargy social stigma the fears of legs being cut off lung cancers all of those things that you think should just make you stop but at the same time it's your only friend so your drug of what it's not your drug of choice because it, it actually is, it isn't a choice if you had a choice you wouldn't do it mm. a genuine choice that is but all of a sudden you become codependent essentially that you can't imagine so everybody else can let you down but at least I can rely on my little cigarette yeah. and that's what it is now it's all an illusion it's all a joke and it's all an illusion but it's so real to the person that it's an invisible prison I call all addiction an invisible prison you just it, it's not tangible you don't you know it's going to kill you but you but yet somehow you can't break free Baffled a brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense Imagine the likes that, that would get on Instagram, you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon, incredible. 
So you basically <laughs> saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children. Oh, they're talking. About, I think until ten years ago, I I still shared the bathwater that my parents were in. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When she did finally break free of this dude as well, but she was still cocooned. She was still like, she was still fearful and everything else. But addiction is the only prison I know that people count the days after they escape. It's the maddest thing, right? So you stop taking cocaine, people go, I'm on day one. It's the maddest thing. Nelson Mandela didn't have that after 27 years of being locked up. So he's 27 years locked up against his will in prison, a week later, and he's still celebrating. Nobody stopped him and said, I wouldn't celebrate yet, Nelson, it's only been a week. You know, yeah. it's crazy because the, the expectation okay. is then you're going to go back. Mm. So whereas with addiction, and this is people say, you've got to take one day at a time. You've got to, it's nonsense. I mean, I'm, I'd, listen, anybody who stopped in those b- b- ways, fantastic. If it's done you some good great but there's always an easier way can you imagine stopping what you're doing and, and rejoicing have you heard the news i've got to do that anymore oh my god i'm free and that's what i did when i finally stopped smoking i suddenly realized i'm free of something that didn't even exist what did it yeah. actually give me and that's why i've got a passion when it comes down to addiction of any kind does that mean i'm not addicted to anything i'm sure i am that's how you know th- we are that's oh, how, how you go along yeah, yeah. you don't know what but the thought of doing not doing some things I'm sure scare the life out of me I yeah. won't say what those things are <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if that's a real addiction or not or is that yeah. just how, how the planet that's just self-procreation isn't it? what can you do <laughs> I won't go into that but there you go but, there, but you understand addiction yeah. is but it's a different way there'll be some people listening to this that will be going mad spitting blood mm. thinking well it's more complicated than that yeah because I think that is the thing with and even with trying to say to someone look if it fills you with fear it's an addiction a lo- that pisses a lot of people yeah, of off course. because it's it seems much too simple and but if you say something look this there's some water you can't have water again you oh well the, that's that's not an addiction <laughs> that's a survival mechanism uh, but if you say something like said no bananas no this no whatever um if it's not emotive people will be all right about it but you start saying no more chocolate again no more sugar again no more alcohol again no more the, <laughs> yeah. you see the anxiety building up that's addiction. I actually want to ask you something now that we're here. I mean, I'm going completely off, but for myself, actually, because having gone off, 
you know, having overcome all these addictions and, and genuinely feeling free of them, it's not something that I even, con- I don't think about it now. I don't think, oh God, I wonder if I'm going to go back. I just, I'm free of... No, you're I'm, free. And that's the I'm difference. Free. I was that, you've got freedom it. mentality. So I difference. don't think about smoking or drugs or alcohol or anything like that as being an addiction anymore. However, now I feel like I've become so... I'm becoming so obsessive with being healthy. And you, obviously, you were saying it that, you know, when you first started juicing, you went to that extreme. Yeah. And I definitely f- am finding myself actually very fucking highly strung, to be honest. <laughs> and I mean, generally, I'm pretty calm and, you know, and I do a lot of inner work. I'm pretty zen. But when it comes to what I'm putting in my body now, I know I'm being abnormal with it. Like, I am being nuts. And and I think it's taken me... I haven't really actually admitted that because I've been like, you know, I've been on this amazing journey and I'm so proud of my weight loss since having the baby and all of that. But actually, I'm being nuts. Like, I'm being really ex- extreme and I am thinking about everything I put in my body and that's not normal. No, but it might... And how do I kind of... Where do well, I go from that? I would say it might be a journey that you needed to go on in the, in, mm. the, in the same way that if you're so severe one way that you then have to do something completely polar opposite even if it is abnormal so you you're you're having two abnormalities to try and balance out Mm. and at some point become whatever normal is i did it for seven years i wasn't conscious that i was i was very happy doing it and when i reached the point where i became i didn't want to be there anymore i became highly strung in the sense that i was i I remember being at an airport and i saw a cheese sandwich or whatever bear in mind i was a strict vegan as well i was clean eating as they call it now but you know we didn't have that terminology back then um and i saw a cheese sandwich and i was at an airport and i thought i can't have that and because i wrote that stupid book is what i thought to myself right this is how this is how highly strong i was and uh and the moment i found that it was becoming detrimental then i just had the cheese sandwich right so the point point was you just go actually what am i looking and then it suddenly, uh, literally, the defining moment, another one, was I suddenly realized I didn't want to spend my one and only life trying to extend my life, only to realize that I missed my life in the process. Because if you, if every single day you're just focused on, well, if I do this, then I'm going to I'm going to survive for longer. Mm. But do you want to survive or do you want to live? I mean, if somebody, I spoke about it on somebody at the retreat last week, actually, um, who's a multi-billionaire, by the way, who, but but then that's only financially because he's he's extremely. Uh, unwealthy I would say because your health uh, is your wealth but he was saying if you could offer offer him so uh, immunity to everything so in other words imagine that nothing actually affected nothing made you overweight nothing did this thing whatever but you die at 80 or you can live you know eating eating you know spinach for breakfast um, and you can live to 100 he said I'll take the 80 all day long right yeah. and most people would yeah and that's the that's the reality of, of the course, situation most yeah. people would and and th- and that is why the balance is needed. And I'm in a it's a cliche. You often have, but I am in a in a happier place now than I think when it comes to food and health and balance in general than I have ever been. In the sense that I'm no longer I know there's no label anymore. There's, and I would say the minute you let go of labels, so you might be proud of labels. People become proud of labels because at least subconsciously there's something. We all try to gain significance. Nothing wrong with it. Some do it positively or negatively. We have to have significance in our life somewhere. Mm. But if you say, I am a, then all of a sudden you are something. So I am a pescatarian. I am a vegetarian. I am a vegan. Mm. I am a whatever. Then you are something. Then all of a sudden, even though it's subconscious, mm. whereas actually it doesn't mean that you are healthier mentally or physically um, than somebody who isn't a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever the case is there are some people that just have balance and I would say 
it's one of the, it's one of those things. You're on your own journey, Roxy. So I would say to anybody that I wouldn't say, oh, immediately just kind of loosen up a bit. Some mm. people have to go for a long period. Like I didn't drink for 15 years or whatever the case was. So it was a long period that yeah. I didn't. And then I'm at a wedding and then there's some champagne going around. There's no orange juice. So am I going to have champagne instead? So add some champagne instead. Turns out I was still all right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah. but I wouldn't advocate there were some people listening to that they'd be horrified. But yeah. the point is we're all on our own personal journeys. And it's funny, it's like having a bad relationship. Like I said, now get out of the relationship and then you meet up for coffee 15 years later but you're no longer in love the same way you was so you can just hang out every now and then. Yeah, and yeah, that's how totally. I see it. But you, but you needed to split up for a length of time before, yeah. before you lost the love. And that's what I've got with drinking. I mean, I still drink a glass of wine a week, you right. know, and for me that's... It's just a glass of wine. I mean, it's actually nice that I can have a drink of wine without then needing to be out till 6 a.m. In right, fact, yeah. it's like proves to me that I'm no longer an addict because yeah. I can just have a glass of wine. But the food thing, I think I struggle with more because I have such a fear of going back to that place of self loathing that I'm like, But yeah, can I say, Roxy, that self loathing place, bear in mind, I mean, I don't know, we have, mm. but, but it seems to be it was while you were pregnant. That yeah. self-love, which, which you're bound to gain weight while you... No, while, no, but while, I, while. I mean, I gained an excessive amount. No, of course. And then afterwards, even after I had the baby, it was, you know, I was so different. But yeah, now I am so... Aff- I have set myself these rigid kind of... This rigid framework. Yeah. And it's like I have, and you are right. There's no one putting me in it other than me. But you're conscious. So but you're conscious of the rigid framework. But you've got to ask yourself: yeah. Have you lived today or survived today? And that's mm. the key question that you need to ask. Because if you've only survived today, and your goal is just to reach a hundred, but actually, I think there's an argument. You could ask, and you think of all the people saying this, it would never be me, right? But you think I've been doing this for a long time, and I've gone through several journeys. Are you better off being? a happy McDonald's eater or a miserable raw fooder, right? So, so, and I would say there's different chemicals because when, you, when you're happy about something, when you literally strive and you, you're just relaxed about something, the, the chemicals that the body produces dwarf what broccoli can ever do sometimes, yeah. right? So, so there is a balance. Now, the, the happy medium, I don't think people should be a happy McDonald's eater because you're not happy for that long because after a while, you're not going to be happy because you're vitamin and mineral deficient, you're, you're not feeding the brain properly and so on. But is there a, is there a way along the road that you go do you know a lot of people have cheat days now they call it but I don't even like the expression of a cheat day the point is it's just like every now and then look that day I'm just going to have that I'm going to I'm, whatever it is rather than there's nothing wrong with being strict at certain times self-discipline it's fine but if it's every single day for the rest of your entire life and you've missed your life on the pro- you're going to be there in your rocking chair the rocking chair test is when you're 19 looking back on your life and you're in your rocking chair I don't think your memory be do you know I'm really glad I ate clean every day I don't think that's going to be your memory <laughs> you're going to think God did I miss out on some dinner parties did I miss out on some fun did I did I go into TJ Fridays like I did and say where was it grown you've never been into a TJ Fridays in your life Roxy what am I talking about but you know <laughs> But you know what I mean. But I would say, yeah. if anything comes of this, for anybody listening or you, is, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 now, you know, I'm old in the tooth and stuff, whatever the case is, but I do feel better than I did mentally and physically even at the age of 25 mm. because I'm in a better place On because I know how to adjust. I know the balance. I know if I go to if I go to Vegas, I'm in Vegas. If you come up to me, Roxy, and I'm in Vegas, you go, are you the juice guy? No, I'm in Vegas, <laughs> right? And if I'm going to be, see, now I would have gone to Vegas years ago during that seven-year period and I would have missed Vegas. Yeah. I would have missed it entirely. Totally. And that's the point. It's like you've just missed Vegas mm. or you've just... And that's why I don't say I won't eat anything. I'll eat anything. 
Yeah. Because I don't want to be in, I don't know, in Israel and or, or anywhere. And then you're at, with some Bedouins and somebody's made made a meal of anything. I don't want to go, oh, well, hang on a minute. I'm gluten-free. I'm sugar-free. I'm wheat-free. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to go, actually, right. I want to respect the culture. Or I want to respect something else. Because sometimes it's 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 bigger than just our own personal needs. But again, I, can, I, I go off on tangents. But I no, can carry on great. talking about it. And I think the thing is, is, is everybody's striving for that balance, right? And sometimes there are some areas of your life where you can have it and then others where you don't and you just try here's what I would say don't give your hunger away cheaply this would mm. be my new thing now I would say so you know mm. look the way I look, if somebody's gained some weight and I honestly believe this now my, my views have changed over the years if you've gained a bit of weight right mm. but you haven't gained it cheaply fair play to you people say what do you mean by that just imagine you gained some weight because you had tons of friends around right during the month of December or whatever the case you had loads of dinner parties you literally loved that month you had the best time ever mm. but you've gained some weight on the strength of it you didn't gain it cheaply you've more than got something to show for it yeah and you can just clean up but if you gain weight cheaply there's nothing worse that's very depressing because if you gain weight because you sat in front of the telly watching junk and eating pringles mm. you've gained weight cheaply don't get yeah, that's all i would say is don't gain weight cheaply yeah but that doesn't mean don't gain weight every now and then. I fluctuate 10 pounds here and there all the time. Yeah. That's how it, but just don't gain it cheap. And I, every now and then I do gain it cheaply and I'm freaking annoyed with myself. And because we're all human and you think yeah. I've just gained it cheap. I could have, but if you ask yourself the question, look, don't give up your hunger cheaply. So you can only be hungry a certain amount of times a day. And you think, oh, I'm just going to have a bit of that. And you think, I don't want to give away my hunger cheaply. Because the hungry you are, the better food tastes, period. Oh, yeah. That's how it is. So therefore, don't give it away cheaply. Yeah. Wait for another hour until you've got some real food in front of you. Mm. Don't just pick at something. Do you know what I mean? Oh, don't absolutely. give it away cheaply. Oh, I hate, I hate wasting my hunger. That's what I meal. mean. You it's don't want to waste it. And, and it's, it's even worse when you go into a restaurant or something else and you don't think you're giving it away cheaply, no. and they make it. It's give honestly away the one time a really a side of me comes out that doesn't <laughs> come out often. <laughs> I get genuinely hurt and upset it feels like a personal attack if I've gone to a restaurant I'm so excited I'm hungry and the food comes and it's a piece of shit I'm and like, oh, no. and you just especially if you've eaten it because it's okay if you've acknowledged it at the beginning and then you go I'm st that's the no, real I do. I'm very good are you good yeah so Wade loves it because Wade would just eat it and he goes I love going out with you because if it's bad you will complain and I'm like, I absolutely will see, I won't I'm like Wayne no. I would just I would just I would just see it through I feel so embarrassed I think oh they're busy or this that and the other no, or no, I will. it depends Depends, really. I say it nicely. I mean, I'll Always be British. Politely, I'll be British in the sense right. that I'll go mad at the, to people on the table. With me. And then as soon as somebody <laughs> comes over and says, how's your dinner? It's lovely. Thank you very much. So I'll be perfectly British about the whole thing. But anyway. Yeah. No. Um, so I feel like we've done quite a lot of your defining moments. I, th I think we, we've done a I few. Think, I think but we, well, do, of course, do, do you the, have any others yes, that you want the biggest to one. go on? Yeah, the biggest defining moment is, Look. as corny as it is, yeah, oh. is having JJ. Oh. Now, let me tell you why this is, and I'm going to be brutally honest that most people aren't when it comes to this subject. Mm -hmm. I did not want children. I'm a, look, I, there was only me and my mom. I'm an only child, et cetera, et cetera. The devastation I felt and still do to this day after my mom passing, there's no way I wanted to put anybody through that. So being late on and having a child, then the chances are clearly, obviously, I mean, your, your parents are going to pass away at some point, but I'm going to pass away quite early in JJ's life. Why would I deliberately put him through that? So that was part, I know it's nonsensical, that's, mm. that was where my brain was going. My Katie obviously really, well not obviously, but she didn't want kids for years, we've been together 16 years now, but she, she really wanted a child more than anything else. Now, unless I 
love Katie the way I do, there's no way I would I would have agreed with any other human I think on earth um, but I knew her vocation was to be a mother some people mm. just have to be mothers they have mm. to be and uh, JJ's luckiest fella in the world he's got Kate as his mum and Jesus oh, he's the guy like <sighs> town he's unbelievable right but I didn't so when it's an interesting we had six rounds of IVF this is a whole new podcast wow. but anyway but we had six rounds of IVF um, so we call him our good egg because he is a good egg isn't he right so <laughs> that's what he is literally um, and he, he was in the freezer for a while six turns rounds. out that's turns out freezing um, things doesn't destroy the nutrients because he came out and he's still here so so don't worry about frozen fruit and veg it's still perfectly fine so little so little J, so little JJ so, but it's an interesting thing when, when the final round of IVF and when JJ did you know this was going to be a final round I don't think it was ever I don't think Kate would have ever let it be the final round right right? so I just don't think (laughs) but it's interesting when when all of a sudden it comes back positive because Kate's obviously over the moon and I'm not although I'm not so it's and most people aren't honest with that so I'm like so I was like oh yeah it's it's, this is great and I knew it would change our life beyond all recognition but I thought for the worst and I was correct for the first year and that's the thing most people don't talk about it Mm. and you're like because you're mourning at that small period of time the mourning the death of your relationship as well because no one talks about that all of a sudden that goes a little bit here and there Mm. and we're beyond back now you know but it was all because the most precious thing on earth becomes the baby of course it has to become the baby Mm. instinctively has to become the baby that's how it is you're coming from work no one cares how you, how you are anymore <laughs> that's yeah. how it is so most people don't talk well guys aren't allowed to talk about it because the woman's been through everything so that's how it is right yeah. and that's but defining moment I think everything changed it was a funny thing because everything changed even from day, from day one and I already knew something was different because Kate had to have an emergency cesarean but it got even worse the anaesthetic didn't work it was horrific oh. and not only that but then in the end because the the, the, not only did Wait, it not, you were okay so she could feel everything everybody had to get out of the room everybody had, yes they said can you feel that and she said yes they went no but no you can't and she went I can so then that's <gasps> a general anesthetic and oh I tell you the, I tell you the thing now again this this probably is another podcast altogether it's gone from hell but I tell you that you talk about a defining moment so me and her sister are in the, the waiting area no one's allowed in and they said your little one should be out within 10 minutes 10 minutes went by by the way, we've had we've all been hospitals for seventy two hours. Bear this in mind, and it's tired beyond belief, as you can imagine. So you, your emotions are all over the place. Twenty minutes went by. There's still no little JJ, right? Oh. So now half an hour goes by, and now we're getting really worried. So I said to uh, Kate, could go out and, and see where." the little fella is and so she went out and she must have asked some nurse that didn't know what the hell was going on because she said oh where's and she goes I'm not allowed to tell you anything now that's the language you should never use so mm. Anna's come in started freaking out and said that and I'm like Geez. so now I'm thinking little JJ hasn't made it but has Kate made it so now I'm even worried you know what I mean I'm mm. thinking what's going on and then 55 minutes later I mean, we're just freaking out and then this midwife came in with a little pushy pram thing, little cot thing and went I've got someone to meet you. I lost my shit. Oh. I lost, I swear to God, even now as I'm thinking about it oh now, I'm Oh my God, really even now. I'm honestly welling up. Honestly, I swear, see, I've got someone to meet you. I'm like, oh, and I couldn't stop crying. I could, in fact, we just did skin on skin. I took my top off and little JJ's just on my skin oh. and we are just not moving for it. And I'm just, this little thing, going, oh, oh, oh. can barely, oh. and he's just, what I'm saying, he's not making much noise because of course he's stoned out of his bonds, isn't he? Because uh, don't forget the, the, the general anesthetic. So of course, because <laughs> of course the, the baby's, 
but oh. so I was the first person to, right. to 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 meet him out of me and Kate essentially, yeah. and then we had to uh, eventually Kate came around and got to meet him, but she was coming out of general anaesthetic, yeah. so that was a moment, and then everything changed, you know, because all of a sudden everything that used to, you, you know, just getting in a car, <laughs> popping down the road, all of a sudden that takes half an hour, <laughs> so, yeah. but then after he's now. Uh, 19 months now as we're doing this podcast so the first year was really you found first year was really tough. tough we found it really really tough both of us found it really really tough and I value my freedom above all else That's mm-hmm. we all have different things that we value yeah. freedom's my number one above everything else mm-hmm. so when that's why I became self-employed that's why I adjust my diary in a certain way I want to be able to change something in a nanosecond yeah. um, but all of a sudden you can't and that becomes hard your lucky assistant <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, all of, but all of a sudden he turned a corner and I honestly, and it's funny because I never thought I would ever say that. I'm just being honest. Most people, they oh, you always love. I didn't know you could love anything this much. Mm. I had no concept. I had no idea. I just, I know everybody says it, but I never felt that for the first thing. I felt it on day one when he was with me, when he came in, when he was skin, skin on skin. But then I never, it was like, but now I was like, how, I can't wait to get, it's one of those. You're like mm. the little fella. So it's an amazing experience. So that you talk about, Define, and I'll look back in ten years. I'm sure and go, man. Can you imagine life without you? And I no, no, I probably couldn't. It's like, yeah. you know, little JJ. And by the way, those wondering, yes, his name really is JJ. There are two J's, and that's it. It's not J Y J Y. It's JJ. <laughs> and I only named him JJ so I can say two jokes for the rest of my life. The first one is this. People say, "What is JJ short for?" I say, "Because his dad is." Think about it. It's an old ET joke. The other one is no. I mean, what does he? What does JJ stand for? And I say, well, nothing. He's only 19 months old. I'm sure he'll have a conviction later on <laughs> in life. So, the, so he's the only reason why. And also, so he could spell his name quicker than anybody else in class. Isabella's in trouble. This fellow's got to learn one letter. It's top of the class. The job done. But anyway, giving him confidence early on. Do you think about those? You said one, one defining. This whole podcast is about one defining moment. Do you find that whoever you interview, and I, even if I went to you and said, "What's your one defining moment?" And I know I joked about the beginning about genres, but it's also about times in life. You talk about mm-hmm. defining moments because actually, virtually every five years there will be, if not every year, and it could be argued. Mm-hmm that almost every day there's a defining moment because everything you do is a core set in motion. So you got everything's a sliding door. Yeah. So you say about one specific sliding door, but actually they're all oh, they're all course. sliding doors. Every single thing and every decision that we do ultimately leads us to where we yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, we are just literally a culmination of moments. That's all, that's all they are. That's all they are. And, and they all lead us to where we are. Yeah. And that's it. So our lives, well, you were born somewhere, I was born somewhere, we did this, we ran around, and all of a sudden, we are now on this date together in a studio. Exactly. And because that's why you can you have to embrace all of you and everything that has happened to you and no regrets and No, know. and no regrets. He's great. Like you're 20 as we're recording this you're 29 years yeah. old, right? I'm 50. Now, of course you'll never realize this until you are 50. But instead of like anybody's 29, right? I would be waking up now, now if I could go back and I'm 29, mm. I would wake up every day going, "Have you heard the news? I'm 29." Yeah. And I would just run around like a yeah. lunatic. Um but no, of course I, I get that. Sense. I mean, I definitely am very I feel very in my best years like I feel very lucky to be in this stage of my life where I've kind of done my 20s do you know your best years genuinely your best years are above ground (laughs) yeah that's it your best years are above ground they're always above ground so it's so so that's if you're above ground so it's a it's a good day yeah (laughs) it sure is right 
I have ten questions oh, for well, you. I thought we did. Jesus. They're, they're quick fire. Okay, good. So good fire. I'm glad gotta, you said yeah. that. Good. So you've got to be quick. Okay, let's do. I'll, I'll try and be quick. Most memorable book. Uh, fit for Life, Marilyn Harvey Diamond. Favourite quote. Oh, if you don't look after your body, you'll have nowhere to live. Most influential mentor. Oh, it's hard. I, I'd have to say Tony Robbins. Your go-to feel-good film. Not a genre. <laughs> just not a one. Genre. It's, uh, go-to film. Or, no, just friends. <laughs> I'm not even picking a film. I'm just picking the whole series of friends. Okay. The whole, yeah, everything. <laughs> um, a moment where you felt most proud. Oh, there's tons. Uh, seeing, seeing my book in Waterstone's window, front window, um, on Oxford Street. A song that cheers you up. Oh, you know, it's, it's hard, isn't it, when it's quick fire? You can't, a song that cheers me up. Yeah. Always you? look on the bright side of life. Oh, what a beautiful song. <laughs> it's it not is. that hard, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Top tip for dealing with stress. Oh, move. Just move. Move your body. Breathe in a different way. Yeah, go swimming, go this, whatever. Just move. Love that. Um, first three things you do when you wake up. Get up. <laughs> what do you do when you wake up? Get do you up, have a morning drink routine? Some, yeah, well, drink drink water, exercise, juice. Great. Your guilty pleasure? Oh, cheese, man. Mm. Cheese, just cheese. Fucking cheese. Any cheese. I, I just, I don't know, I was a vegan for seven years. No, not any cheese. Don't be filth. No, it's, got to, it's just mature cheddar. The rest can go and I don't even know, I don't even know why they're entertaining. I mean, I, you know, anyway, quick fire, quick. Um, the f- one thing you'd like to achieve in the next year? To build the new retreat, have it done, finished, and juicy escape done. Done. First person you'd call to share good news. Kate, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Jason. That was fun. That I enjoyed was that. Fabulous. That, was, that thank went you. in several directions. It did. Good How luck long edi- was that? Good luck editing that. Cheers, thank Roxy. You. That was good. I really that enjoyed was that. Fun. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 